Hello everyone and welcome to Love Bites. My name is Gilda Wabbit. And I'm Sydney Hampton. And we are two over-caffeinated, under-qualified drag queens here to give you all of the romantic and sexual advice you could ask for. Sydney, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm okay. Can I be serious for a second? Absolutely. I don't know exactly when this episode is going to come out, so things may shift. But right now, as of recording, um, I have been fielding interview questions and news articles for the last, like, two weeks about the House bills and the Senate bills that are going on. Yeah, it's been a busy period for all of us. It's been a very busy period. I'm I'm um, currently trying to decide if I'm going to go and speak at the legislature this coming Wednesday, which as of recording this coming Wednesday will be, like, March 1st, I think. Mm. Um, and it's just, like, a lot. Yeah. And... I'm, I'm, obviously, if this is also going on, call your legislature. If you have money, donate. If you want to, show up to protest. Yeah, let's, for, uh, we should tell them first. Um, the SB1, uh, 115 is the anti-drag bill, which would make it, um, punishable to have a drag show within a thousand feet of public parks, schools, residences. Yes. All kinds of stuff. We which, also have going on SB150 in the Senate, mm-hmm. which is like essentially like a, a bill about, how students in schools will no longer be supported in any sort of like gender nonconformity mm-hmm. and will in fact be reported to their parents. Um, we also have house bills that are taking away access to trans-affirming healthcare for people under 18. And also, unless I'm reading the language wrong, taking away even adult access to changing things like birth certificates and yeah. driver's licenses, um, which, which in conjunction with the anti-drag bill could be enforced in a way that just like lets trans people like me not exist at all. Yeah. That like I could be uh, put in jail for wearing a dress in public because my birth certificate says M on it and I can't change it. Mm-hmm. Um, really scary. Um, but I want to, I just want to say there are so many things out of our control and something that is within our control, um, even when the government is trying to make us into political pawns and boogeymen um, to fuel their election campaigns, um, is that we can look to our left and look to our right and look at our neighbors who are trans and queer or, or marginalized otherwise. All There's also shit going on in the country um, involving black and brown people, involving immigrants. Um, just look to your left and right, look at your neighbors and ask them what you can do to help them in this moment at this time because so many things we cannot help. I cannot help that people in power don't like me. But I can look to a friend of mine and hug them and hold them or buy them a coffee or hear them out about how they're feeling um, or or boost them up or gas them up or whatever. Um, and so I just want to say, uh, with all the bullshit that's going on in the world, just like intentionally and we're going to talk about intentions we sure are. Uh, all episode. Intentionally try to be the best you can be for the people who you care about in your circle. Because there are plenty of people in the world who are not being compassionate or kind to us. Yeah. And, the, and, and things that you can do outside of just like your inner circle is, and I've been making a point to do this, if I see a queer out and about just like trying to connect with them in some positive, meaningful way. Like the little trans girl who works at the scooters, like making sure that I compliment her and say something kind and like give her a warm smile rather than just like being in my thing, doing 23 things on my phone while I'm in the drive-thru. Like trying to take a moment just to be like, I hope you're having a good day or whatever, just so that maybe she can like have a, a reprieve from 
what I imagine is a lot of scary inner thoughts about, you know, what tomorrow might bring. Because right now, trans people and queer and gender non-conforming people are just being attacked left and right in, like, what, 14 states more? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I went into a Starbucks the other day. I went into a Starbucks as a clocky trans girl, Mm -hmm. and I was served by a clocky trans girl. And I said, I love your hair color. And she said, I love your nails. And we both smiled. And then I got my drink. Yeah. And like those little, those little interactions sometimes can make it, make or break your day. You know, absolutely. when I'm feeling my, um, I cut my hair, you don't see it, but I cut my hair. I immediately was feeling like shit. And I was like, oh my God, I look like a boy. I am a boy. I am, I am male. M, M, the letter M, man, man, sir, guy, friend, buddy. And then I came out and I was looking kind of, kind of shocked. I mean, I, I, I got exactly what I asked for, but I came out looking kind of shocked. And, um, my friend slash the person cutting my hair, I think like noticed that and was like, Hey, you don't look like a boy. You look like a Diesler. And I immediately was like, <gasps> and I felt so much better because I was like, Oh, that's right. I exist in a space where, yes, I do appear like one thing sometimes, but my energy also gives off this other thing. And I, I ran with that. I felt so good. And I still feel good. Yeah. Also, gender boundaries suck. Gender boundaries absolutely suck. I, I am I'm ex- I am working through and existing in a realm where I'm going to pe- be perceived as M, the letter M, man, sir, boy, all the time. And I am most of the time comfortable with that because I'm, like, very grounded. Yeah. But also, sometimes I don't feel good. Do you want to hear a small moment of strange gender affirmation I experienced? Hit me. So I recently went to New York to see Jinx Monsoon in Chicago. Had yes. a great time. was so fun. At the airport. So, friends, I, I, I call myself a clocky trans girl. I, I exist in a space where I don't feel comfortable yet going into many public women's restrooms. I feel weird about that. Mm-hmm. And that's like me and my internal journey. And also the external world is shitty. But I did, at the airport, walk into a men's restroom to go pee. Um, while I was waiting for my connecting flight and as I was walking in and like I do have long hair and I do have press on nails on and I was just like wearing like a little sweatsuit because I was like at the airport Um, but I walked into this restroom and one of the men walking out looked at me and then looked at the sign of the restroom and looked at himself as if to be like did I go in the wrong restroom like this this woman is walking into this men's restroom right in the wrong restroom and for a brief moment I was like this person who doesn't know me doesn't think I belong in the men's restroom. And that's so nice. It was so wonderful. I it was so that. great. And then I went and I pulled my pants on and I stood up to pee. Because <laughs> 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 it's just easier. Yeah, I love that, though. Yeah, it was nice. It's like one of those, like, accidental, like, somebody somebody accidentally um, existing in and uh, uh, interacting with the, the binary gender thing made you feel... Scene. Scene and good because they were confused. Yeah. It's great. That's a sleigh. Bitch. It was a little sleigh. And I, I like had no brows on. My skin was dry because I just flown. You know, I have a hairline like the McDonald's arches. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I hate it. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, you know what I do love? What? These questions this episode. Oh, yeah. No, these, epi- th- these questions were great. Thank you for submitting. Yes, thank you. And continue, please. We need them desperately. So um, before we dive in, I'm just going to tell you all today, we are talking a lot about boundaries. Mm -hmm. We have one question that's about um, 
are the boundaries we want to set in our non-monogamous relationship ethical and healthy, which is a great question to dive into. And then we're also talking to somebody about a boundary that their friend set that they're struggling to accept in their life. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking about intentional choices. We're talking about accepting the consequences of our intentional choices and about how do we respect and hear boundaries and also communicate and enforce our own boundaries. Yeah. So let's get into it. All right. Our first question goes as follows. My partner and I have recently started considering non-monogamy. We've had very good conversations about boundaries and rules. We both want to have sex outside the relationship, but neither of us are really interested in having other romantic partners. Can non-monogamy be ethical if it's only for sexual purposes? Or should that be left for sex workers to fulfill the need? If all parties are consenting, is it okay to have partners exclusively for sexual purposes? My um, my answer is absolutely this can be ethical because you're in a committed relationship. You're, I think what they're thinking about maybe is polyamory where you're like having multiple romantic connections. Sounds to me like you're more in like a sexually open situation. And I think that can be ethical. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think now I'm, I'm sort of reading between the lines here, mm. but I'm going to speak to this listener as best that I can. I think that they're expressing a concern about the sexual partners outside of the relationship and the ethics of having a relationship for somebody that's strictly sexual, especially when you do have a romantic partner. And I think this sort of comes out from the discourse that there is around hierarchical non-monogamy versus non-hierarchical or anarchy non-monogamy, mm-hmm. which are like sort of different ways you can go about doing non-monogamy. Um, and some people... So the the difference for for listeners who aren't aware, um, in hierarchical non-monogamy, there are partnerships that are more, quote unquote, important or take up more space or more time. This can be like a partner that you live with, often called a nesting partner. This can just be like a primary partner or a spouse. Um, And there's also conversations about non-hierarchical non-monogamy where like, Everyone is sort of on an even playing field. And there are, like, other subcategories under that. And, like, all these subcategories, and we've said it before in the podcast, all these subcategories, all these definitions um, are only as useful as they are when you apply them. Like, I'm talking about it from, like, a theoretical standpoint, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it all works in practice. Um, But there is a lot of conversation about how non-hierarchical non-monogamy is the most ethical. And I think that that is great theory. Like, of course, if we're all equitable and we're all on the same playing field and everyone's on an even ground, of course, intellectually, that makes the most sense. But we're fucking human beings, okay? We're human beings who feel different feelings and have different needs for security, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are doing a form of hierarchical non-monogamy, which an open relationship is, like I have Mm -hmm. this primary romantic partner and then I have other people around me who I'm having sex with, but I'm not open to having romantic feelings with. If everyone's consenting, of course, I think that's okay. And I think the idea that we must force ourselves into a version of non-monogamy that we don't want with our whole bodies in order to be intellectually the most ethical is uh, harmful to the people involved and is really emotionally taxing. Um, I do want to say that doesn't mean that no one's feelings are going to get hurt. 
Oh, yeah, boots. But, like, when you're a human being, people's feelings are going to get hurt no matter how well you're trying to do that. You know, like, for, for instance, my – I I will not say this person's relationship to me because I don't want to spill their business. But there's, there's someone in my life who has two partners and also, like, has slept around. Like, all on the table. Everything's good. And um, – they recently started dating somebody new, their second partner they started dating um, recently, and they've been having a conversation about sex outside of this person's two relationships. And so my my friend went to the people they were just having sex with, not like in romantic relationship with, and were like, hey, by the way, like, I know we've just been having sex. I want you to know I'm starting to see this new person. My relationship with you all might change. I might see you less often, or I might be able to participate in less activities with you, whatever. And one of the people came to him and said, oh, that really hurts my feelings. I wish I'd known that you were looking for a relationship. I would have liked to have dated you. And my friend felt bad because this person's feelings were hurt. But also my friend was very honest the whole time with this person. Like, because when you say to somebody, I'm not looking for a romantic relationship with you. I'm just trying to have sex with you. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm not looking for romantic relationships at all. And like, just because you like someone and you want to date them doesn't mean that they're going to want to date you back. So like, as you're seeking these sexual relationships with people outside of your romantic relationship, you might run into people who really like you, who want more than just sex with you. But if you're saying, no, like I have my romantic needs and wants fulfilled, I'm not seeking any of that outside of this, I'm just seeking sex, then it's on the person you're having sex with to say, okay, if I want to date you and you don't want to date me, it's my job to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. It's my job to take responsibility for my hurt feelings. I, I just, that's, I, I think I'm right about that. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was a, um, so like, cause your, your way of like viewing, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say non-monogamy generally is, um has really, like, informed my view of it. So, so far, everything you've said, I fully agree with. I think yeah. that um, with my... Because I, I got out of a relationship in August, um, and I've never done non-monogamy to that point. Um, so it was... I've been, like, learning... Like, I have all of the, like... Like, I had the books, and, like, I was reading. We were I, reading The Ethical Slut. We yeah, were reading Opening Up. I was trying to, like, <laughs> figure it out and learn for them. But whenever that fell apart, I kind of, like, applied what I had learned thus far. And then I was, like... I kind of got to fly by the seat of my pants because I'm a very emotional person. I'm very emotional. And I've been doing monogamy my whole life. Like, as long as I've been dating, I had been doing monogamy. And every time that I had tried to get out of monogamy and, like, have conversations about what that might look like for my relationships, it's not been well-received on in any of those. Like, it's been, it's always been an issue or, because I, I have, I like to under, I like to feel comfortable, first and foremost, in everything. Yeah, you're a Taurus. Yeah, I'm a Taurus. So I like to know what things might look like or whatever. And as I got out of a relationship and kind of, like, had to dive back into the dating world, I had to fly by the seat of my pants and try to not hurt people while also trying not to hurt myself and not get caught up in a person and build a life around someone. So I started seeing different people and I always had these conversations like, this is what I'm looking for right now. This is where I think I'm going to be maybe next week. You know, like, I don't want a relationship. I want to have a good time 
want to go on dates, want to cuddle, maybe fool around. But ultimately, I don't want to have a partner right now. And that's where it started. And then it evolved beyond that. And as it evolved, um, I would see, like, maybe meet somebody who um, I really connected with. Or maybe I had healed a little bit more and I was ready to, like, evolve that version of what I wanted. And then I'm like, okay, I want to see this person casually. Like a casual, like, casual, non-committed dating partner person that I go to El Nepal with. Or, like, we... Um, have a show. This segment is sponsored by Elna Paul. <laughs> Honestly, and HBO Max because I would go over to someone's house and like we would sit there and just watch. Like we like watched Hacks together, yeah. um, and we would have like shows that were our shows, similar to like what I had with my ex husband. Like we had shows that were ours. So like I was evolving beyond these things, and I think that with this person, they're already in a committed relationship, so they get to they get to skip all the shit that I was going through, kind of. But at the same time, you do have to kind of go through it because now you're going to be seeing these people um, for sex, if you're not just showing up, getting railed, or doing the railing, and then leaving, and you're having conversation and bonding, then there is a good chance that maybe they'll catch feelings. And you have to have conversations about what that would be. Like, if you catch feelings, and this is hurting you, and it's no longer fun and a good time, we shouldn't do it. Yeah, and also, if you and your partner are deciding not to romantically see each other, and you start to catch feelings for one of these sexual partners, you also have to take responsibility for those feelings. Mm-hmm. And whether whether that means, okay, I'm catching feelings, I have to have a conversation with my primary partner about this, and I have to inject conflict into that relationship, yeah. or I have to draw a boundary and stop seeing the sexual partner because I know that I want to stay committed to this boundary I'm drawing with my primary partner. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's part of why people sometimes think that, like, well, I think, un- unfortunately, this is a hot take. I'm going to say a hot take. I think often in the queer dating community, there is an idea that firm boundaries are unethical. And that the idea of I've drawn a boundary and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to deal with the consequences of that boundary is unethical. And so I have seen on like I have like this is why I was talking earlier about theory versus practice. I have seen like non-hierarchical anarchic non-monogamy wreck the personal lives of like 20 people at the same time because it is this idea of like well if we if if none of us have like strict boundaries and we're all just like communicating and in conversation it's going to be okay because we're doing the best intellectual thing but like i just not how humans work because no, we're emotional creatures right and so like it's like if you're saying to your partner i want to like and, and i think also part of it is boundaries mean there are consequences Period. If you don't have boundaries, you will run into consequences on accident. Mm -hmm. If you do have boundaries, you will face consequences on purpose. And being intentional, I think, is a much better choice. Yes. Facing consequences because of an action often feels worse than facing consequences because of inaction. But I think if you face a consequence because of your action, that's a much stronger choice. You're in a lot more control and you're a lot more empowered. And so if you're saying to your romantic partner and your romantic partner is saying to you, we do not want to have other relationships outside of this that are anything more than sexual and lighthearted and casual and fun, there will be consequences of that choice. And you have to stand firmly in that intent. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's so great to say, 
I am going to commit to you romantically and I am going to limit my ability to evolve and step into other romantic partnerships because this is what we decided together. Yeah, it's because collaborative. It's collaborative and it's intentional. Yeah. And like that doesn't mean that everyone's going to look at it and be like, oh, how perfect and how wonderful. And that doesn't mean it's always going to feel good. But if it's collaborative and intentional and you've stepped into it on purpose, then you have empowerment there. As opposed to the like mess of being like, well, I'm not going to set any boundaries and I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm I'm of the mindset, like for me personally, I could never be in a like non-hierarchical thing. I'm I'm a per- I'm I'm a I'm a Taurus. I want a primary partner. I want someone that like I want that's what that's ultimately what I what I've kind of learned that I want. As I went through non-hierarchical non-monogamy, it was not for me. Yeah. And it was complicated, and I don't want my I don't want my relationships to be super uber duper complicated. I want I want like a safety net, and that's what I found for me works best. And I think that boundaries are important to me because I'm a person who likes to know what something's going to look like. Right. And if you don't like boundaries, you don't date me and Sydney. Yeah. If it's you, fine. Yeah. If you don't like boundaries, <laughs> then I'm I'm not your girl because I will constantly I will be thinking of our boundaries on the first date. I'm, I'm just, I've already, someone's experiencing it right now. I'm like already thinking three steps ahead because that's what my, that's what I do to like protect myself and try to make sure that I'm doing things. Cause like I'm the, I'm the slut right now in the relationship. Yeah. Never happened before. I'm the slut in the relationship and I'm like trying to make sure that I'm being ethical and like taking care of this person and making sure that their needs are met and that we're having conversations about things that might be uncomfortable, but I don't want three months down the line for them to learn something about my life, maybe from listening to this podcast, and then be like, what the fuck? So I'm not going to have that. I'm going to talk about it with them in real time. On purpose. Intentionally, because I don't want to hurt this person. They mean something to me, and I want it to work out. So the best way that I can do that is to have these these uncomfortable-ass conversations that make me sweat profusely um, with them. And for me, that's just the way it's going to have to work. So to wrap up, I think you're doing great, kid. Sounds like you all know what you want. It sounds like you're doing well. And if you communicate your boundaries to your sexual partners clearly and effectively as best as you can, obviously you're going to learn along the way, um, then I think you're being as ethical as one can ask a human to be. Yeah. And if it was too long and you didn't listen to any of that, um, my answer to if all parties are consenting, is it okay to have partners exclusively for sexual purposes? Absolutely. As long as you're having conversations with everyone you're fucking. Yeah. Work. Okay. Let's go to an ad break. Peace be with you. And also with you, are you looking for a new, exciting queer venture? Starting on Sundays at 9 p.m. at Play Dance Bar, we have Church, a brand new, dirty, grungy, dive bar show right here in Louisville, Kentucky, hosted by yours truly, Gilda Wabbit, featuring the likes of Sydney Hampton, Stevie Dix, KT Smiles, Sapphire Rose, Tana Boots, Vic Leone, Vivica Darko, Cole Michaels, and Brianna Burns. It's going to be a good fucking time. See you on Sunday. Hello and welcome back. Hi. Uh, Our next question is an exciting one. Hi, Sydney and Gilda. I have a huge crush on one of my friends. Help. 
We met in August, and since then I've developed a major crush on them that will not go away. I've eventually told them how I felt, and they were really cool about it, but told me they had trouble with relationships and were not in the space to pursue one. I told them that that was totally fine, because I wasn't expecting anything by telling them, just needed to get it off my chest. Since then, we've gotten even closer, and it feels impossible for me to get over this. We text each other every day, and actually went to a really queer movie night together. Aww. Um, I ship it. I've had questions, or I'm sorry, I've had crushes on friends before, but they've usually gone away pretty quick as we've become closer friends. But now the opposite is happening. I'm on the the dating apps, but every time I match with someone, it feels like they can't compare to her and it goes nowhere. How do I move on? Um, First off, thank you for coming to Really Queer Movie Night. Um, And how do you move on? Do you want to move on? Do you want to move on? That's a that's it's this loaded. This is complicated. I know. Well, and it's with the today's ep- the theme of today's episode is taking responsibility and yeah. also dealing with the complicated icky feelings that happen. If someone says to you, "I have trouble with relationships. I'm not looking for one right now," you have to listen to them. Yeah. Like like, I'm. You're a lovely listener. Thank you so much for being here. And also, this question makes me feel a little uncomfortable because someone has set a boundary boundary, with you and said, this is how I feel. And it, and, and I know you're asking, how can I move on? But like the way you keep phrasing the question, it keeps, it keeps feeling like you are hanging on to this relationship because you're hoping that that person will move beyond that boundary. I have so much to say about this. And that makes me feel bummed out for your friend yeah. who was really honest with you and also like bummed out for you because I, I think there there seems to be a disconnect between what's actually happening and like like here's the deal. Human beings communicate in a complicated way mm-hmm. and it's very easy for all of us to want to read between the lines and and guess what's going on and and sort of sneak around people's boundaries because we think they might because we were like oh this action might mean something different than what they said mm. but if they said something very clearly you got to get it into your brain and like the the quote unquote how do you move on i think really here it is like accepting Honestly, with your whole body, that this person doesn't want to be anything more than friends. Yeah. And and if in the future they tell you, oh, actually, I've gotten really close to you. I do any more than friends. Great. But let that be a surprise. Don't hold on to it. Don't hang out. Because like the when I was in high school, I did this all the time with boys who would like give me lots of attention and give me lots of attention. And they'd be like, oh, do you want to date me? And they'd be like, no, I don't want to date you. And they would give me lots of attention. And then they would like pull me aside at a party and kiss me in the bathroom. And I'd be like, this boy likes me. All it did was hurt my fucking feelings. Yeah. And all it did was make me hold on to something that wasn't going to happen. And I really just should have listened to those boys when they said they didn't want to date me instead of like hoping they would change their minds or trying to reinterpret their actions. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's the reinterpreting. So, okay, the reason why I ask how to, like, do you want to move on is important because I think that with the way that, with the way that your, your friend has told you explicitly that they don't want to, that they don't want a relationship, they didn't say, I don't want a relationship with you. I don't want a relationship with this person. They don't want a relationship, period. It's not for them. Um, and the reason why I say, like, do you want to move on is because it's a, in order for your friendship to survive, 
you have to take into con- not just take into consideration, but uh, like absolutely accept that this isn't going to happen. And I'm not even going to say like maybe it'll happen down the road. It's like as of right now, it's never going to happen. They do not want it. So if you want to be able to stay friends with this person, you have to, you have to, you have to move on. You have to get over it. And if that means that you need to take a step back from the friendship for a while, do that. It will hurt and it will suck. I've been on both sides of this. It will hurt and it will suck, but you care about this person. They care about you. And I would worry with what you've said that if you were to say, I need to step away from this for a while, I don't want your friend to then fear you're losing your friendship and try to enter into a relationship with you. That's just going to end up wasting both of your time. If they do not want to date you, then you should not date. And you should not, you should not, it's not that you shouldn't want them to date, like to be your partner. You can't help that. We all want things that we can't have. That's okay. What you cannot do is create scenarios in your mind that this is going to happen. Or when they do something nice for you, don't think that means that, oh, there's a chance. You need to get out of that headspace. I dated a boy, kind of dated a boy, that meant a lot to me. I really, really cared about this person, loved his dog, loved his cat, came over. We spent, like, we had a very intimate connection um, during the height of one of the worst parts of my life. So I, while I was telling them, I don't want this. I don't want a relationship. I like what we have, which is a intimate friendship with, like all of these things that, uh, like now that I, I think back to it, looked very boyfriendy. I was basically like microdosing boyfriend behavior. And as much as I tried to tell them, I don't want this thing. I don't want to commit to this thing. I'm enjoying what we're doing now. They were reading into all of those behaviors. And even though I constantly said, I don't want this thing to be expected. I don't want expectations. They were not listening to what I was saying. And then, months later, they exploded on me that they were hurt and that thinking of me made them sick. And it really hurt me to hear that because I cared very deeply for this person. This person was a person that I considered like one of my best friends. Um, and now we, you know, we don't really, we haven't had a conversation really since. And that sucks. So I lost a friendship. Because despite my best efforts to communicate effectively, it still blew up because they were setting expectations. So don't do that to your friendship. If you feel like you cannot be this person's friend because of what you want, step away from it. Right. It's only going to protect you both. And maybe in time, you, you know, maybe, maybe the opposite of, uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe some distance will help you contextualize all of the things that are going on in your mind when you see them. You know, maybe you get bubble guts whenever you see them and you're just like, you know, heart fluttering or whatever. And some distance can let you um, kind of prioritize your own needs and their needs too. um, So that whenever you all come back to it, you can come in with a better understanding and having done the self work to say, I can be your friend again. I would like to be your friend again. 
um, and I'm happy to keep it at just that. That's my answer. I wish you both the best. This is very complicated, and you seem like you're probably very sensitive just like me, and I'm so sorry because some of this shit sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just let what they said be the truth. Yeah. Let what they said be the truth. Because you're going to get hurt, or they're going to get hurt, and it's much easier. So, yeah. Here's a, here's a suggestion to get over it. Actually, here's like a, an active suggestion. If someone says to you, I just want to be friends... And you really want to be like a romantic partner with him. Maybe there's a way that you can say, great. Well, if we're just friends and we're not romantic partners, here are the boundaries that I would put in place. Mm. Here are here are the things that I would not do with you if we were just friends. You know what I mean? Like there, there are plenty of people in my life who have been like, oh, it's not exactly the same, but like plenty of people who in the past I've like had sex with and they've been like, oh, I want to like date you and I've been like no like I just want to have sex with you and then we've had conversations about like they were like okay well that's cool I can do that but like here are the things that are off the table then like if we're just gonna have sex I don't want to like kiss you out in public at the bar if we're just gonna have sex I don't want to like text you every day if we're just gonna have sex I don't want to like you know what I mean like they were like cool well then if this is what our relationship if if you're saying you want this here's what that thing looks like to me yeah. And so you can say, oh, you just want to be friends? Totally heard. Here are some things that I'm going to take off the table because these are the things that I do with someone that I'm romantically involved with as opposed to uh, platonically involved with. Maybe that's helpful. Yeah. I wonder what kind of boundaries. Because, um, like, in my experience, obviously, with the one thing I talked about, I didn't have an opportunity to have that conversation about what things might have looked like. So using my brain, because um, I've thought about it a lot, Things that I would have changed, I guess, would have been like maybe we don't, maybe we don't do the the boyfriendy stuff, like the 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 cuddling on the couch and watching a show that said like became something that we watch together. Like no episodes right. come out, and we watch them together. Well, and like that's also that's boyfriendy. And it's, it's so That's not okay. It sounds like in the in your story, you told this person, "I don't want to be your your romantic partner." And instead of them hearing that and saying, okay, cool, then I'm not going to do these things with you, they just kept pining and then mm-hmm. kept, like, being more and more intimate with you as opposed to, like, pulling back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's – I don't I, – I, I truly think that, like, there's shared responsibility in that. Like, yeah. you're saying, like, I could have done things – like, me, Sydney, could have done things better. I think that there's shared responsibility. This person that you're with could have also communicated more clearly. Yeah, and if it had come down to a point where they said, this isn't this, – this doesn't feel good for me – I would have, like, me being who I am, I would immediately try to figure out a solution. Right. I love to make solutions. So I would have thought, well, how about if we just see each other this night? We can go see a movie. Um, and, you know, we can, we can like, see the movie and afterwards we can hang out and fool around if you want. Or we can just fool around. Or if you need a break, we can take a break. Or blah, 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 blah. Like, trying to, trying to guide them, because I'm not the hurt party in the situation. So I could have maybe been able to guide the setup of boundaries better. But I wasn't given that opportunity. So I'm not going to, like, say, oh, I did anything, like, I did something objectively wrong. I just didn't have, they weren't giving me the information that I would need to, like, make an informed decision and change my behavior. So I think that's what you need to do is you need to change, you need to change, you need to really think hard, figure out what is best for, best for you and for them. Does that mean changing the way your, your friendship works? You know, do you all have, like, a very... Like, when they all hang out, does it feel like you're dating and that they're just not committing to you? If that's the case, maybe you can change those dating behaviors. Like, going to um, to movie night together might feel too much like a date. 
um, or going out. To or meet. you can go together, but also invite three uh, other friends. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great idea. Make it a group hang rather than um, just the two of you because that might be too intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I hope that you guys can figure it out. I hate I hate watching friendships and implode for any reason, but especially for love. But again, the theme of today's episode is clearly boundaries. Yeah, we didn't even mean to do that. So important. So important. So hard and challenging, intentional, clear, communicated boundaries. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and thank you for listening to, to Love Bites with Gilda and Sydney. We um, are going to possibly start doing listener-supported episodes, which will be longer if you're into that, which I'm pretty sure this could definitely qualify. So let this be a, a, a taste. A teaser, a taste. Um, if that's something that you're into, let us know on Twitter or in our emails. We also need submissions. Uh, we have, as of this episode, ran out of questions. So if you have questions for two underqualified, over caffeinated, um, send them to really queer pod. That's R E E L Y Q U E E R P O D at gmail.com. I did it! Um, and send those in uh, so that we can get those recorded and keep giving you guys great advice. I think it's great advice. Content. Content. Yes, you all want content. We'll give you fucking content. Um, or your content mommies so yeah the only thing that I have to plug is a really queer podcast hopefully we'll be back me and Gilda are working on an episode I've got a couple other people tapped for episodes so hopefully that'll be coming back soon so go ahead and go follow um, and maybe re-listen to the episode with Gilda about Carrie because we're going to do a part two we might be doing a sequel thank you thank you Mwah.